Tom Turbovich! Get ready for a Tommy Turbo Masterclass. Masterclass. Aimless Tuesday is here. And the boys are hard as a rock. Don't be a weak-gutted dog. Leave that for Jamin Salmon. Get, Get ready, ready for, for the, the best, best super coach, coach show on the, the planet. planet. It's so good, it's better than Lego. You're now listening to the Super Coach Experience Podcast. Here's your host, Brandon Savage. Brandon Savage. Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Savage, the coach of the Savage Turbos. Today, we are back for the Center Wing Podcast. And Jesus Christ, what an episode we have for you today. I'm joined by the 2021 Supercoach Champion, Tim Moody. How are you, Timmy? I'm good, bro. How was your weekend? Massive weekend for both of us. Yeah, good weekend. Just got away uh, for the weekend up to Queensland near Bundaberg to catch up with two good mates went to school with. Uh, had a great weekend. Got hammered. It was um, Gladstone? Uh, that's where it used to Around live. This the was, yeah, Woodgate, you live in these days, so which is just out of Bundy. I remember last year, or was it the year before you went to Gladstone, we we kind of took the piss out of you a bit because you just kept saying it. Well, I, don't, I don't reckon I said it anywhere. I didn't hear as much as your... Uh, I'm playing footy. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Well, talking about that, uh, we had a win on the weekend for the yep. Mark Hughes Foundation. I scored a try. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you might have seen the vlog. Uh, I put a couple of highlights on there, but there are a few more highlights online. If you want to see them, there will be a package that comes out very shortly on Bar TV Sports. But what a weekend it was. It was um, it, it, it really it scratched my itch to want to play footy, but... It's also left a bigger itch right next to it of me wanting to play more footy. Uh, I legit, the contacts was something I was really worried about. And uh, as soon as I got out there, bloody roasty run at me like three times and I, I held my own. I tackled him fine. And the fact that I could get the bigger blokes down, I was I was so impressed and I, I just loved it. And I've got bruises all over my body. I've, uh, I didn't have many runs. Um, it took me a while to get into the game. I think... My first touch was my try, mm-hmm. and that was about 20, 25 minutes in. Oh, actually, my first try, touch was my try assist for the first try, but it's a dubious try assist. I would have given it 20 super coach points, though. Of course you would have. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it took me a while to get into the game, and when you think about center wings in super coach, how they don't have base stats, when they don't have a touch, I've heard a lot of people say, if you don't have a touch in like the first 20, 30 minutes, the game's going to get away from you. You've got to get involved. You've got to get have an early carry. And I think that's so true because by the time I was ready and like confident in myself to go for a run, everyone else was like their confidence was sky high within the game. Their adrenaline was running massively where I was building up the courage to have my first run. Um, first run turned out to be a try. So I think I calculated about six. 70 to 80 super coach points, which pretty good, yeah. pretty good. Um, but could have got more if I got myself more involved. Uh, there was a lot of good players on the field and a lot of other people um, came out afterwards and it was just so good to be around all the content creators, similar mindset to yourself and, you know, just talk talk podcasting, talk, talking business, you know. Mm. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself, mate. <sighs> You've come here with your head screwed on. No one took it off. It's it's good to see. Well, that that's that's the main thing. Um, but I did have a good weekend. But I do have to go back to a bad, not a bad note, but I've oh. got to bring the mood down a bit. What's going on? I've got to have an apology. Okay. To you, Timmy. 
Um, I think in the last few weeks I've been a bit snappy with you. Oh, you've been very snappy, but that's okay. <laughs> um, he's, you know, he's... No, I, I want to explain myself, but yeah. it's also an apology. So what I've done is I've kind of spoken over you a lot when you've tried to say something, and I think it's because there, there was a couple of people pointing out to me that you were cutting me off. You've always cut me off like when, when you're really passionate about something, and that got to my head a bit, and I, I was trying to kind of... Wouldn't say coach you <laughs> into not doing it anymore, yeah. but I think when I do that, it just makes the dynamic so much worse, doesn't it? Yeah, it was a little weird, but that's fine. You know, <laughs> play on. It, you no, know, but I, I, I remember Mitch Moses and um, Gutherson had a few on-field, uh, you know, bit of barking. Mitch Moses was getting a bit chirpy, and Gutherson's like, oh, "I'm the captain." You know? <laughs> you know, these things happen. You know, when when the boys are passionate, you know, these things will happen. What stays on the field, fucking goes on the field, <laughs> and all that sort of uh, jazz. No, but that's still. Um, they still do that. I've heard lots of reports they still do that, but they're still best mates. So um, I just want to say sorry, Timmy. Oh, thank because, you very much. Because man. every time I do, you kind of go into your shell and I, I feel much worse than what I yeah, what, big, what it was if I wasn't going to do that. So I just wanted to point that out. Get down the big game. Because a lot of people are pointing it out, and it's funny because they, they point saying, oh, Mr. Snappy over here, and I'm like, yeah, that <laughs> that that's – what I've been doing, uh, but yeah, um, we're here to talk about Supercoach today. We uh, we gained seventy five subscribers on YouTube yesterday. A lot of admin going on early on here. Uh, Apologise for that, but uh, we'll try and get to seventeen hundred by next week. Another seventy two thousand by the start of the season is our goal. So if you are over on your audio platforms, please subscribe to that and subscribe to our YouTube. But we're talking about the center wings. Um, We'll start off with the top five guns that we're going to target. There are a lot of people within this price range, but I've picked my first top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you've had a look at them as well. You can tell me whether you agree or disagree. But number one, I've gone Valentine Holmes, but there is a lot of argument. The top three, any of them could be number one in How my opinion. How are you looking at these just so I get my head around it? Are you looking at it from a, like the start of the season to start with or the best centre wingers overall? What, do you, what, what Where are you sort of tackling it from? I'm kind of attacking it from people to start with, yeah. yeah. Okay, sweet. Uh, number one, I've gone Valentine Holmes. So Dolphins, Newcastle, St. George, Broncos, Titans in the first five. Uh, and he has an average of 70.4 against all of them. 88 average against Dolphins, 84 average against Newcastle, 56 average against Broncos, uh, 62 average against St. George, 62 average against the Titans. That's 70.4 average in the first five games. I know we've kind of said we don't want to look too hard into the draw this early in the season because a team's defensive... Especially the Dolphins in round one, like they leaked points later in the season, mm-hmm. whereas early in the season they were really good. We don't want to look at the draws, but I feel like tactic wise, I think we've really got to consider starting a gun center wing because by the time that round three hits and the defense starts to open up, there's going to be one of these main guys who absolutely pops off, and we're going to need to have them in our side. And I, I feel like these guys that I'm mentioning now are just the safe guys that we can rely on until we figure out that guy. We can either sell to another person or if they're doing well enough, then at least we do have one of these person. First, what are your thoughts on Valentine Holmes and what are your thoughts on the center wing strategy? Yeah, look, I, I was, to start with, I think Val is probably the the best option. Just the fact that he's got the goal kicking as well will always you know give you that good base and... 
you know, when he's scoring a couple of tries or setting something up or whatever, he's going to really go off. Um, we expected that last year. It didn't happen. Um, that was with the Cowboys really underperforming to start the season. Hopefully they start off well this year. Um, I wasn't going to start with a, any primo centre wingers, but now the more I look at my side and now that we got, I've gotten down to doing the sort of homework on the centre wingers, I've just got all cheapies. I've got one mid-price there and all cheapies. Um, I feel okay about it because I've, as we sort of chatted in the card, centre wingers are the guys where, yeah, they can be risky. They'll If they don't score a try, some of these guys, if they're not hard work, they'll get you 20 points. But if they score a try in the in coming weeks or whatever, they might score a 70 points, 90-point game and they're making money. Um, but now I'm thinking with all the mid ranges I've got in the second row, I am starting a primo guy. might be better just to go with all mid ranges and have w- at least one gun. That's where I think I'm at now. But that sort of goes against my starting with a gun second rower to be able to turn into David Fafita um, mm. pretty urgently if I have to. So it's all a balancing act. Um, but, yeah, at this point I don't like the imbalance of all the amount of cheapies I've got. What are your thoughts on if Dylan Lucas gets a starting edge spot, starting him in the second row for your gun position, and then if you've got a gun in the centre wing, maybe that's a guy you can go to to Dave Feeder mm-hmm. if Dave Feeder does go off. So at least you've got that contingency plan. Down, that's or, pretty smart pokies, yep. Or, like, you could go down in the centre wing and up in the second row. Like, there's many ways to do it, mm. but... I am leaning towards having a gun centre winger. I've got Valentine Holmes at the moment um, just because he's he's a goal kicker. He's a goal mm. kicker and I feel like the Cowboys are going to start really strong and their draw is good enough. Yeah. Um, with – Big dollars though, isn't he? Seven – 7.36. But yeah. a lot of these guys are around 7.36 yeah. and actually a lot of these guys more. So I, I like the price he's actually at. But as you said, these centre wingers – especially the cheapies, they can score just as much on any given week. So it's about getting the balancing act right. But with all the cheapies that are available, I don't love them, whereas there's a lot of value in second row and front row. Are you better off stacking up them positions with the value options and getting a proven guy in the center wing and minimizing the the high-risk guys in the center wing? Because, like, for example, Kale Iroh is one of the most owned center wings in Supercoach. Um, mm. Let me have a look. I've just got the percentages. He's the second most owned center wing at 40.3%. That's 23,000 people. And he's probably not even going to get a start, to be honest. Yeah, so I reckon there's a little bit of um, Guru's been really big on him in a lot of his sort of clips that have popped up and stuff like that. So I think that might have influenced a lot of people as well. He does look very good as well from what we got to see of him last year. He actually reminds me of a bit of a mini Val Holmes, the way he moves. So I, I, it's not, I think as soon as someone gets injured in that side, he probably gets a start in that back line. So, uh, yeah, I prefer to have all players starting and playing from the get-go. But maybe if you wanted to have – I've done that in the past, have one guy that you know that's probably not far off getting a call-up yeah. Once something goes wrong, that's if there's not other options that you, you know that are available that are looking better than him. But yeah, I, I don't have him in my side at the moment for that reason. Not starting. I guess we'll get to them, but um, 
So Valentine Holmes, decent draw, good option. My number two is Greg Marju, so 789,000. And when I looked into the numbers, I thought, Jesus Christ, I probably should have put him at number one because the numbers are crazy. So he has Canberra, Cowboys, Melbourne, Warriors, Dragons, Roosters, Bulldogs in the first six matches. Here he scores last year, so we, we can't really go off any previous years because he didn't really get his first start until last year. But Canberra, 122 and 69. Cowboys, 67. Melbourne, 79. Warriors, 92. Dragons, 76. Roosters, he didn't play. And Bulldogs, he scored 94 and 40, 92 and 44 with an 80.1 average against mm. those sides in the first six. So at 789,000, I mean... If, if you're picking between Greg Marju and Payne Haas, I like the numbers that Greg Marju is putting up a lot more than what Payne Haas Yeah, is. I see what you mean, 100%. Yeah, I'm just looking at the scores last year. Like, There's only like a couple that you'd be a bit like, Ugh. and they're not even that bad. Like His bad one was 39 and his next worst was 42. <laughs> like the, And then the, the rest of them like hundreds, 90s, the 70s, and 130s. He, and, he, and he's got a ceiling like... There's a couple of 60s, 50s, 44s, but just around that, he'll make up for it with 120s, 70s, and 70s, yeah. It's just because he's the most expensive one, too. It, like, you kind of just look past and go, nah, not to start. But it could be cheeky. It's because he had a career year last year, but I think for a long time, us super coaches have waited for him to get a starting spot, and he got that. And I think... I think that is his output. Like, yeah, Ponga had a career, career year as well, like Daily M winner, and set him up for a million tries. But he was scoring well in the early part of the year, even when yeah, he was. You know, that wasn't really going when Ponga wasn't really going off too. So, but a lot of people are also high on Ponga this year as well. So if you're high on Ponga, you've got to be high on Marju for sure, because like Marju's base doesn't go anywhere. He's still a big guy, still a tackle busting machine. Well, it's stressing me out thinking about these primo guys and whether or not I'll be able to start with one and if other people are, the amount of FOMO and yeah. panic and whether I've – am I doing the right – is my balance right and stuff. I'm, st- I'm actually getting a lot of – I'm seeing other people's sides, like people just send it in now, like even Grant sent his side and it seemed like he had a lot three of players. players that I don't have that I'd like and then looked at the rest of them thinking he's not really missing anyone that I have. So I was yeah. like, well, where's it, he sorry captain coming from? But, it does yeah. feel like a lot of people have Grant, Haas – then they've got Heinz Cleary, and then they've got a gun fullback. And also Dylan Brown with that as well. Yeah. But I think where they are skimping out, we've both got a premium second rower, and I've now got a premium centre wing. So it, a lot I, of them have got double cheapy hookers too. Yeah. Yep. It's it's a bit of a balancing act, and it's just where you prioritise your things. I, I, really, I like the idea of starting with Greg Marju because I really don't think it can go wrong. Like, it can't go really wrong. Like, I think he definitely makes his value back by at least round six if he does lose money early on. Yeah. If you take – even if you're getting – yeah, that's the thing. I was like, even if you're getting 60s and 70s, that's just where he's – like, he's priced at high seven. But is that going to be the Valentine Holmes effect of last year where Valentine Holmes was getting 70s, 60s and 70s and we are just like, oh, he just needs to – get that extra 20 points he just seems to need one try which he i don't, I don't know what his try average on 
it seems like Cook and he scores, he's getting them nearly every game. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, especially against these teams, yeah. Yeah, there's probably the odd game here or there where he's missing out, but it takes a lot of runs and there's a lot of tackle busts. And yeah, he's someone I think I might have to look at closer. I think I'm a little. If I, if, just looking at the scores, I think he kind of stands out to me. He really does. And, you know, I, I thought. Holmes was easily the first option. I looked at Marju and I'm like, okay, maybe Marju is the first option. And the third option I'm going to bring up here, I think you can even argue that he's the first option as well. Brian To'o, uh, he averages 64 against Melbourne, which, like, Penrith have a pretty tough draw, but his averages against these sides are ridiculous. 72, he averages against Para. 66, he averages against the Broncos. 54, he averages against the Roosters. And 86, he averages against Manly. So mm. the fact that he averages, like his lowest average against any of these sides is 50, 55. And these are top-tier sides. He benefits massively from playing the lower-tier sides because he gets them tries as well. But it's unheard of that a centre winger averages 65 against Melbourne and we're not even... We're not even talking about him. He he loves the work, mm. and if he goes over for a try, that's just scrolling against his scores. Though there's none, there's not really too many that pop out where I'm like, oh, I would hate to have missed that. You know what I mean? He's got. Yeah. Last year had looks like three tons, four tons. They were small tons. They were just a tick over a hundred each one. Whereas Marju had a couple of like one thirties and stuff like that that really popped. There's a lot of 60s, 40s, 50s. Well, I think he's a great super coach player. I think he's a great guy, to, um, like a final guy. I, yeah, I just feel like yeah, you really need the tries. I know he's got he takes a lot of runs and he's a mad worker. The base is there. You don't have to worry about getting bad scores. I just don't know that the reward or the ceiling's high enough to justify it as a your primo guy. I'd rather yeah. rely on one of those other guys to have. But then again, I mean... If, if he's scoring two tries in, in a game, he's he's got a massive score. For I don't sure. think he had too many doubles last year. I think he only had, you know, yeah. singles mostly. He didn't, I don't think he got a hat-trick either. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's the type of guy that I, last year, like, felt like he got a lot of 35s, 40s, which I felt like I didn't miss out on. And when he scored tries, he wasn't going massive. So Yeah, it was more um, 40s. I reckon we probably looked at him at th- like at the 30s with about 10 to go or something going, just, yeah, we're not yeah, doing that's it. And then it that's just hits over a little bit. Uh, I've put Isaac Tago in that same bracket, uh, 699,000. He isn't as impressive. He averages 76 against Melbourne, though, uh, with 118 high score, 49 against Para, 43 against Brisbane, and 50 against Roosters. So not as impressive, but he's someone who, when the injury isn't there, he, he's destructive. And without Stephen Crichton there, I think that he just gets that little bit more ball. Um, I think at some point in the season, we're going to be all over Isaac Tungo. Tungo, I should be saying Tungo. I'm just so used to saying Tago. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, still very like he's basically 700k, so I wouldn't start with him. I reckon we're definitely all going to be considering him at some point. It'll be either like, oh, do I want Tago or this guy? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got some big ones in there. He's, he's got mad base too, but yeah, not to start for me. So I think reassessing the top three, I think Brian Toto definitely stays there. Uh, Greg Marju probably goes at number one if you've got the cash. 
in my opinion. But I think the fact that Valentine Holmes is 60K cheaper, that's why I like Valentine Holmes more. Yeah. Um, and the goal kicking does give you peace of mind. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the fact that I am so high on the Cowboys early on is just another added kind of insurance for myself. Num, you got anything else to say? You were going to no. say something? No. Uh, number four, I've got Jermaine Asako at 780000 So he's a bit less expensive than Greg Marju, but he has the Cowboys, Dragons, Titans, Tigers in the first five. He's got a buy in there in between. But let me read out his scores he got against these sides last year. So we, we know last year was his breakout season. I'm not counting anything prior to that. Mm. Cowboys, Two games, 118, 111. Dragons, 108 and 100. Mm. He's got a buy. Then the Titans, 63 and 56. Still pretty good. Like, no like 50, if you get yep. 56, you're not, you're not mad. Tigers, 70. 89.42 average against the sides he has in the first five rounds. A little bit of value there. I think that's the only... But he, it was a career year. The Dolphins were really sort of, yeah. It's a ba- it's a tough one. Like, like I don't know how they're going to go. Like they've got, as I've said, one of the other pods. They've got a few extra better players to add to their roster. But that second year, I don't know whether it'll be harder to get up. Like I just feel like yes, the first season they were just injected with like so much um, mental strength. You know what I mean? I th- I honestly think they do get up for it again this year, especially mm-hmm. with Wayne Bennett potentially being his last year. I don't know if he's announced that yet. He pr- no, he has, hasn't he? I'm not sure. Um, uh, but I've heard some strong rumours that Herbie Farmworth is playing on the right side and Jake Avrilo is going to play on the left side. Herbie Farmworth doesn't pass the ball. E- every time Jermaine Asako played alongside Valence Tafare his super coach scores were killed yeah. like because he wouldn't pass the ball. And I think Herbie Farmworth's very similar. Now, maybe the right side is more suited to Herbie Farmworth and maybe that's why he is moving to the right side so he can work on his passing game because naturally he's probably a left-to-right passer. But that's basing it off what if. Yeah. Yeah, so he'd have to go really, really well. Oh, he's very high owned. He's ten percent owned, which is, I was pretty shocked with. Again, though, he kicks goals. There wasn't really much bad about him last year. There wasn't really any. There was like only one or two bad scores. There was a, like a thirty-five and two scores of forty-four. So I can't really knock anyone. Like I just, you're probably going to get your value out of him. Yeah. And if you've got a feeling they hit the ground running, and you think he's your guy. I, you know, I, I think he can he can definitely sort of stay pretty close with Val Holmes and Marju. Yep. I 100% see the appeal. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Like, the, them scores he scored against these sides last year are crazy. Mm. And if he can do that again, then people are cheering. But I just, yeah, I'm just a bit standoffish with that. I was standoffish with him all year last year. New combination could be a little bit of a nervous thing. Who knows? I know you say he holds the ball up, but maybe like it, Herbie does go well out there, and I don't know. I think Wayne Bennett's a much better coach than Kevy Walters, so I think he definitely will get the best out of everyone on the field. And whether that benefits or takes away from Zarko's super coach game is still yet to be seen. Hmm. But number five, I've got 
I guess I've chucked in Ruben Garrick there, mainly because I don't think there is a clear-cut number five. There's a lot of players around the same price. I don't think Ruben Garrick is someone I'd want to start with because he is starting in the centre position. Mm. Um, And he only played three games last year. Uh, There was one game he scored really low and one game where he scored 160-odd. In the centre as well. Yeah. So it's it's a massive hit-and-miss position for him from what we've seen, but I think he's a sit-back-and-watch, in my opinion. Yeah. On the wing, way more appeal, I think, for me, even though I think he didn't, from memory, I didn't remember him scoring that 160, but I remember him not being as disappointing as what we thought he might have been at centre. Um we only played three games and then moved to fullback when another Tommy got goal injured. kicking centre winger. I I think I'd just prefer the others, though. Manly are going red hot. It could be with Tommy. They they have a tough draw. They've got the Rabbitohs, then they've got the Roosters, and then they've got Penrith in there somewhere. Yeah, so. for that factor, then I'd, I'd pass on that. Yeah, and he was someone last year. Even when he was performing well, we'd sit him against Penrith, and it, it's an easy sit because he scores less. Yeah, than Yeah, it is tough, isn't it? Their draw. Um. Okay. Uh, moving on to so that's our top five. That rounds off the top five. Is there any notable mentions you want to put in there? Because um, I, I do have some premium prices um, that I'm going to touch on. God, yeah, I think I only noted I noted the list of guys you had, and I picked out one guy that you didn't have on your list of premium prices. So you can just continue with yours, and we'll uh, get to it once it gets to that price point. For sure. So heading over, firstly, um, we've got. Mikey and Jake, um, they're starting their own podcast within our platform. Um, That'll be released on Thursday, the first episode. So what they're doing, they're pretty much doing a review of all the different positions again, Uh, but it's from different perspectives. So they've listened to all our podcasts and they're going to bring across different players that we haven't spoken about and they're going to be speaking about different stats. So, um, are they going to go through every position week after? They won't have that time. They're going to do it in like a. uh, They're going to amalgamate a lot of them. So, I think their first one is fullback and center wing. Yep. Um, And then they they'll I think they'll do second rows and front rows, or they might do front rows and hookers. They might do second row by itself instead of over two, and then I think they they'll do halves. yeah, a bit different, but trust me, they've listened to the podcast and they're not going to go over the same thing twice. They're just going to look at it from a different perspective cool. and it's going to be a lot more, you know, shorter and sharper. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're recording their first episode tonight, uh, which I'm very excited about for them. All right, uh, premium pie, price players to watch. The first I've got on my list is Stephen Crichton, 649,000. I've tried to dig up his stats at number one. Not a lot of great scores there, to be honest, but he will be goal-kicking. Uh, he hasn't played one properly since two or three seasons ago. Um, so I think he, he's developed more into a premium player than what he was back then. Um, and I think he picks up the goal-kicking as well. So I think he's one definitely. I don't want to st- start with him. but Feels like a risky play to start with, yeah, I reckon. Especially not knowing how the Bulldogs are going to go. What are your thoughts? I think it's a little bit exciting, especially considering I think that he's going to want to be that, you know, attacking main guy. Um, I know it's 
you know, probably more Burton to be sort of making a lot of those bigger calls. But I can see him really wanting to um, be even more of a bigger player than obviously he was for the Panthers because there's less stars there. But, yeah, I just think it's too risky. He's got a lot of low scores in him um, if he's not involved in tries, you know, setting up tries or scoring them. So, yeah, I'd just wait and see how the Bulldogs go for a little bit and see how he goes. And I'd probably want to get him a bit cheaper, I reckon. I'm going to put oh, – okay, Herbie Farmworth, 632,000. Scored a lot of tries last year. Career season for him. Moving over to the Dolphins on the right side, as we said earlier, they've got a great draw. Playing on the favourable side for the attacking side for the Dolphins. So, you know, if he does pass the ball, he will be setting up a lot of tries for Azarko. That's if he does. Any interest in Herbie Farmworth? Not overly. I think it's exciting. Always like a new, like a gun sort of attacking guy going to a new club. I've always thought he's been someone that we've all kind of been a little bit under the radar. He always seems to score pretty well, but everyone goes, oh, what about Herbie? Not many people seem to end up picking him up. He's got decent scores in him, but that, there's not really many over 80. When I'm looking like all his scores last year, they're all quite sort of in that sort of 50, 60, 70 with, you know, scattered 40s amongst it. So, yeah, I don't know that there's... A great deal of value. Maybe like what I said about Stephen Crichton, him be coming to a new club and wanting to be that main attacking sort of you know, force. I could see him being more involved. He does like to have runs, but yeah, I'd rather spend a little bit more up, I think, and go with some of the other options. Probably 100k more and pick one of those primo. Guys. For sure. There is rumours that Zach Lomax at 630000 is going to start at fullback. I think at the start of the season, he will start on the wing. And it looks like he's going to start on the left wing because in the scrimmage the other day, Ravalawa was playing on the right wing and he was switching between fullback and left wing, but may lose a goal kick into Flanagan as well, potentially. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on... Zach Lomax, I've always loved him as a super coach player. Yeah, I like him as a player. Uh, the fact that he kicks, he's, he's someone that we used to always look at. I think it may be more around the buyers, but he was all... Yeah, I, I think I'd want to see how the Dragons are going, what his position is. There's a bit too much unknown, and as you said, you're not sure if he loses the kicking. If he loses the kicking, that's a fair, fit, fair bit off his points, so not for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, moving on to... Jacob Carras, someone I'm very interested in. So last year he started off the season with a bang. So Carras went spaz. He um he put it on. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Um, he put it on against Melbourne Storm early. Scored two tries and got 146 or something like that. Um, but I heard in a podcast in the Cast Patrol podcast uh, they played in the charity match on the weekend. He he went on their podcast and pretty much said he was completely busted. Like he had broken ribs. He had a, he had a, he had a yeah. shit ankle. I think we're getting that sort of vibe though towards the back end oh, of the season. Yeah, but to for hear him sure. sort of say that, then that's good to know that, that that it wasn't just you know others sort of observing and thinking. Yeah, cool, cool. For sure. But at the start of the season, he was the best center wing option there was. Uh, what are your thoughts? Like 
at 600,000, based on what he was performing earlier in the season, I'll Who get his center or on the wing because he was he sort of went to center. No, so he was most likely start on the wing, but I think he's the guy that so say Zeri's good for round one. Yeah, um, I think he'll be playing on the wing, but say he's not. Jesus Christ. Say he's not Remixed. good. Yeah, not good. But say he's uh, not good, um, then maybe Connor Tracy goes into centre and he plays wing or Blake Wilson plays on the wing and he plays centre. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, so last year was a little bit um, not as like, – I feel like it was a bit underwhelming compared to maybe 2022. Or even 2022, he sort of went – he, he eye test. He, he it's just so good. You know what I mean. He ta- he gets the ball. He tackle bus. He runs back in. He's got the ability to sort of score tries that aren't just ones where you know um, the draw and pass. He's got and you know the attacking side's got extra numbers. He's got that ability to sort of create stuff himself and bust over the line. Uh, the price is, I think, like he's definitely worth it, like that price. For sure, um, and maybe sort of later on in the season, I might look to pick him up if he hasn't jumped up too much in price. If he's not killing it too much, but yeah, I don't don't think I could start with him at six hundred k when I if I could only fit one gun and then a you know a bunch of cheapies and maybe one midi price ain't there for me. What do you think? You like him? I, I like him. I think he's a good primo option for sure. I think he's going to be one of the guys that um, a lot of people are going to want to want to jump on eventually. Yeah, he, for sure. He's that, especially if the Bulldogs do well. I think their backline looks really good at the moment. Uh, I think Stephen Crichton plays centre. I'm going to be a bit standoffish on Karaz. Just it depends what side he's on. So if Karaz is on Crichton's side, then I love it because. Crichton does have that flick pass that's going to get him over a few times more than not. But if Crichton's playing in the other centre, then I think a lot more ball is going to go to him. And say Crichton and Adokar on one side, I see that side being very dominant. Mm. If Karaz starts on the right and he's partnered with Zeri, then I think I'll be a bit more standoffish. Um, But I think the base stats are there 100%. Dolphins, Hamaso, Tabuai for Doe. We did talk about Azarko's draw and how good it was, but Hammer, not getting mucked around, uh, moving to centre or whatnot. He's going to start in the fullback position. And I love him. I think he's a great option. Yeah, another one that's like 13% owned, so quite high owned. Him and um, Jermaine Azarko, it's like people. You know, seeing what they liked last year, how that started well and just willing to pay up. You know, last year, though, these blokes were about, well, I think, three and 400K or something like that. Um, but now they're sort of seven and 600K. So you're paying what they're worth. Um, yeah, I like them both, but I just think at their price points, they're still like 600, pretty much 600K for 130K more. You've got Valentine Holmes. Yeah, but for 130k less, you've got Hamaso Tabuai for Doe. Like with that draw, yeah. Like look how he started the season last year. That the hammer was so good last year. He um he I know he had a career year, but I feel like the hammer emerged himself as a premium option going forward. So here's his start to the season at fullback 120. 
sorry, 76, 79, 55, 60, 43, 120, and then a lot of 40s in there. And he kind of fell off later in the season. I mean, he's priced at around a 60 average. I, th- I think against that draw, he can average a lot more. But it's more of a vibe thing. Like the numbers I'm looking at here, he he only went massive once, and that was that 120. Yeah, I felt like it was more him playing really well and Jermaine Asako reaping a lot of the benefits of the scoring for Supercoach. He wasn't seeing, he was going well. Like he it was very impressive still, especially with the price he started at. But yeah, six hundred K. I think he's pretty much valued, pretty much where he's at too. Sifatalakai, 569. Oh, we're not going through every centre wing option. I'm kind of just, I've plucked the ones out who I think are going to be relevant either at some stage or can be early on in the season. The Sharks have a pretty good draw early on. They've got the Warriors in round one who, Talakai, Talakai just seems to be the guy who, if you're not playing Penrith, the draw is pretty good. So they've got Warriors, Bulldogs, Tigers, Canberra, South Sydney. One, two, three. Yeah, Canberra and then a bye, then South Sydney. So, And then they've got the Cowboys, Canberra, St. George. So the first nine rounds, apart from the bye and apart from South Sydney, their, their draw is really good. And Talakai, he, he started the season so good last year, but a lot of people just kind of compared him to that um, that Talak, uh, the, the game against Manly. I don't know if I'm looking at St. Giffen. I don't he started well last year. I've got he's got his scores of 37, 52, 58, 64, 65. That's pretty good, don't you think? Like, apart from the 37 at the start against South Sydney. Yeah, but, but he's sort of six. Yeah. yeah, a lot of 50s and then North Queensland, 92, 106. Like, I, I think there's too many 50s. I think he started pretty up. solid, but like 550K. Pretty solid effort. Well, it's closer to 500. It's 569. So it's 570. You're trying to make it sound yeah. nicer. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I, I think there's too many low ones there. Obviously, that massive game he had two seasons ago all shown us, you know, what he can do. And our expectations are sky high now. Yeah, there's a couple of tons. There's a few 80s and 70s. I mean, it's easy for him just to set up tries to just they, people panic with him. But I don't know. It just seems like it doesn't it doesn't get enough ball or something close yeah. to the line. Yeah, I think Braden Trindle being definitely could go well. But I've hearing a lot of people. I couldn't name one person who said it to me, but people who reckon that maybe Earl might start instead of him. But I just I can't. I think that they'd have to give him a go unless he's really not training well or something yeah. like that, or unless they're looking at shifting him into the second row. Yeah, which could a, be a potential. Yeah, um, but yeah, if he starts there, yeah, too many forties, fifties, which is like paying what you, uh, you know. Yeah, not for me, yuck. Yeah, um, RTS five thirty nine. He's been out of the game for a while. I I like RTS as a player, but he is priced based on what he has performed in the past um, at fullback. So. What what are your thoughts while I get his stats up? Um, sort of just on vibe and like without before the season opened up, he was someone that I was aware that was coming back to the NRL, and I kind of penciled him in my mind as someone I kind of do want to consider and look at. He's he's a gun player. I think he can sort of 
have enough involvement to be like I'd prefer him over Talakai, I think. But they they are but thirty K more difference. Do you know like him at There's center, a bit of unknown. Yeah, yeah, there is a bit of unknown. But I figure he's going to still get the ball, take the line on a bit, have the ability to draw and pass, set the size up when it they've got the numbers and stuff. He's an elite he's an elite athlete. Um, he's, he's always been a gun footy player, so the little bit of the unknown. I haven't. I didn't watch one game of where he was playing Union or whatever. No. At all, so I couldn't. I don't know anything about where he's at with that. How old he? How old is he now? He's old. He's very old. He's like he's, he's about to retire. Like he's about to retire in the workforce. That's how old he is. I could be happy enough to sort of like he's not someone I've really looked at in my side since. Team picker opened up or anything, someone I could be happy just to watch go around and, you know, because I mean maybe if you do get it wrong. So he's based on about a fifty-five average. Uh, his last season he averaged sixty-seven in twenty twenty-one. That was fullback though. That was at fullback in the crazy year. Before mm. that, in twenty twenty, he averaged fifty-nine. Twenty nineteen, seventy-one. Twenty eighteen, fifty-seven. When did he win? The the medal, the Daily M, was that 2019? Must have been 2019. He averaged 71. Yeah, okay. Well, So in his best season, he only averaged 71, whereas all these guys we're looking at average a lot more. He's playing centre, not fullback. Mm, yeah. Not not for me. Talking me out of it for sure. Um, not that I was really that into it. I mean, it's just now I think back and I'm just sort of having a bit of like – Memories coming to me Like He's not someone We've really ever had As a Like you'd never have him As a fullback He'd be someone You'd kind of often Consider Maybe around buys And stuff But I still feel like We'd always go to Someone else Like even like a Gutho or something Back then Like they yep. seem like A better option Yep So let's maybe Just see how it goes At centre He could go amazing He yep. could, It could be Oh yeah, like having an elite fullback, it, especially considering how the Warriors went. Like that, Adam Pompey and Rocco Berry in the centres last year. Mm. Not like players who can do a job. Um, so yeah, I- interesting there. I-, I hope he does well, but just not for me. Like if he goes off, we can reassess. But I think at the price, like he's based on fullback price, three years out of the game. Um, last before we jump off too much, well, you got one more in that range. I've got one more yep. premium price. To look at uh, Jack Wine at five hundred thirty thousand, he is suspended early on, but I think he's potentially one to target if that back line is humming. Um, they've got the Dogs, Warriors, Sharks, Melbourne, Penrith, then St George, Cowboys, Parramatta after round four. So, so this is a week. Like he's an interesting one too because you kind of look at it like he was never really super coach relevant for the Raiders at five eight. You think you get more touches at five eight? More opportunity set up for, for, for Canberra, though. Yeah, Canberra. I mean, I think he's ju- get... attacking juggernaut, but they they were still usually when they playing sides, they're always like only seven points within beating or losing to a side, so they still score points. You know what I mean? It's not like they're a side that gets pumped week after week and only end up with ten points more week in week out. They usually, you know. 20 points, 18 points onwards. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think he'd need he'd need to be sort of having that final touch and be getting a lot of try assists, or mm. maybe he will sort of with his running game cross over and it won't get to AJ as much. Kind of, I think that's one I want to just watch him play out. I yeah, think it's for a bit sure. Risky. No, that that's why I've marked him from round four. They've got a good draw, so if he does look good, so we get one game to have a look at him before he. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the one I was going to, you want you ready to move on to the Yeah, next yeah, one? start on mid range. I've got a booger in my nose. I hope it's not, we don't do any close ups or anything like that. Um, so D- Dom Young, I just wanted to bring him up. I noticed that he's sort of heavily owned, not overly, overly heavily. Where are we? We're, he's 640K, so 9% owned. Um, exciting. He's a, he's a good finisher. I've got his 62.7. Average last year. The Knights are a pretty good side last year. They were scoring a fair few tries. So I, I can't see the Roosters, if they're killing it, maybe they are scoring maybe an extra six to eight points on average more than the Knights were. And maybe there is a little bit more attack in there for him. Out, he'll be outside Joey Manu likely, which might stunt him a bit. Yeah, so in the past, like, up until Suley is taking that position, like Jackson Paula early last year killed it on that right wing. Mm. Brett Morris was really good on that right it was a wing. Massive thing, yeah. Like that, yeah. For a long time, that right wing has been hot property, and I think he can benefit as much. But like jo- Joe Manu is 650k, he's 10k more, but he's owned by 3,000 less people at 3.8 percent. I think someone like Joe Manu, who's proven to be able to get through them tougher matchups mm. is way more more attractive to start with. I think what people are chasing is just that um, three try. He's got the ability to get those three tries in a game. Like he seems, he's just that guy. Not every game, but they're sporadically maybe once every three to five games or something. He's going to score two or three tries. Um, yeah, I like the halves. They like the cut-out balls to wingers and stuff as well. So I'm not off it, but I just thought we'd bring him up as well because he seems like he's kind of relevant. Yep. But, yeah, he doesn't have too many terrible scores. The occasional 20 or 30. In a night side that was could humming. Ki- could, could kill it, though. Mm-hmm. Could kill it, so wouldn't. To talk people off him. Yeah, there, there are a lot of players within this price range that we have missed out on, but um, I think for this one, we definitely... If you're going to have the expensive guys, you'll probably have one of the better guys. Yeah, like there's there's Alex Johnson, who I don't think we start with, but once the draw cl- uh, opens up a bit, for sure. Um, Going with Tenny's losing, yeah, could yeah, kill it again. Exactly. And then, you know, Tom Jenkins, he's 600k. Don't love it to start the year, but I think he's got potential on the right wing for for the Knights. Uh, but we'll move on to the mid-range options, and Jake Averillo tops my list here. I love him going under Wayne at the Dolphins. Only So we've talked about Dolphins' draw. Only issue is, I think, with all these Dolphins players we're talking about, you can only go with one of them. Um mainly because you might have Flegler in the front row and they have an early buy. Mm. A lot of scores from Jake Avrilo between t- 10 and 25, like there was about 10 scores there between 10 and 25. But apart from that, a lot of good scores as well. I just think this is the type of situation where it's more of a 
you're relying on him to have a career year. And I think from what we've seen, uh, from what Wayne's done in the last few years, it, it's definitely possible for an outside back under Wayne to do that. Playing on the left wing, uh, left centre, bit less ball than the right side, but nonetheless, uh, I still like him. Yeah, I remember there was a couple of games last year where he really stood out, sort of making like line breaks like in his own end and sort of running the length of the field. He's got mad speed for a little dude. He's pretty elusive. Um, yeah, I like him. There are those low ones there as well, but I just feel like it's, it's a little bit awkward, the price. Yeah. Like if it was about... 100k cheaper. Or even just maybe even 60k less, I'd like it a lot more. But, yeah. Um, yeah, like looking at like last year's... It, I know he was at the Dogs who weren't doing great and their attack was pretty average. There's not that many scores that I, you know, would be upset missing. Yep. There's the odd 90 or 80. Yep. But a lot of small ones. So I don't think I'm overly into it. But I can see him going well and like you've identified in a new side. And if that does happen, then I think that's pick him up once that happens. Zach Labutt, I was very keen on him in the preseason, but then I've looked into his scores. He got 26 in 80 minutes, 46 in 80 minutes, and then later in the season, 91 and 65. So he is based on about a 50 average, and that's not much of a discount from what he produced. Um, I am high on the Cowboys to start the year, and I think someone like Zach Labutt can really benefit. Like Peter Hicko in the past has been a good purchase for Supercoach at the Cowboys. But I just think... Zach Labart, I was so keen on having him because he's unproven and a lot of people won't be jumping on him. But I think that's why I'm not keen now. Because yeah, that was kind of what put me off the un- unproven, unknown. I just haven't seen enough of him. I couldn't tell you what type of footy player he is. Like yeah, and like this 91 and 65 later in the season, could could that be just circumstance of Scott Drinkwater starting really hot, uh, being really hot at the end of the season? Uh, probably. And, yeah, I just think Zach Labart's probably a sit-back and watch. But, yeah, I was really keen on him. I'm now not. Uh, have you have you got some mid-range options for us? I've got Taylor May. Um, I think I'm pretty keen on him just because I, I, I don't think he, there's any way he loses any anything, and I think he definitely makes money. Yeah. Um, so he's very heavily owned, 35% owned. 458k um probably playing left center he's only got one game at center for 36 and that was pretty much all in base so worst case scenario i think that's probably a worst case scenario game for him um 20 games on the wing 64 average so in 29 average uh, 29 point base average playing at center i think he's still going to be taking up carries from his own end and playing a bit like a winger and so I still think there's going to be a lot of workload close to the line. I can see him going himself, scoring the tries. I like him. Yeah, I think he's the guy I'm just happy to have as my – he was that one mid-price guy I had with then a whole bunch of cheapies. But I think if I now had one gun, him, and then two other guys – that maybe three of them I can rotate on matchup sort of thing. That would be make my team feel a little less weak. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like him. I feel like he's good for at least 45, 50. And, like, and there's an upside in there too. I like him too. Uh, 458K, 34.8% owned. I think I think it's a bit much. I, I, I think the reason he's so highly owned is because there's not much else in that position at the price. Um, so I 100% understand why he's that highly owned like the first Ethan Strange and Kale Lyra are the highest owned center wings and they might not even get a start I think Taylor May is the only one in that top five uh, Chevy Stewart's at number four and Bronson Cherry is at number five Jed Cartwright is number six and Jack Bostock is number seven like Taylor May is the only one guaranteed a mm. position in that top seven. Let's have a look at number eight. Is that someone else? Number eight is Saul Falongo. Mm. Number nine is Xavier Savage. Number 10 is Jesse Arthurs. Who so everyone's sort of building their side, doing the same thing, you know what I mean? Getting down to the centre wing going, I've run out of money, I've plugged in my fullbacks. Literally one person in the top ten is guaranteed, or Jesse Arthurs is guaranteed. But, yeah, I guess that's probably – I mean – it's That's probably the right way to if you're going to have as many cheapies as you can. Considering there's not many available elsewhere, centre wing is that place where you know the guys can make quick money just with a injected high score with yeah. one big game. So, so we I, want to try probably get rid of a lot of those guys ASAP. Oh, for sure. I think you definitely have to look out. Like it's very grim here. I think we will get one of these, one or two of these Canberra guys, which is promising, but. Geez, like, Kaylara, I don't think Chevy Stewart starts either. Like, mm. and Bronton Cherry, like, Jed Cartwright as well. It's it's pretty grim in the centre wing. Um, but, yeah, Taylor May, I, I know I said I didn't like him, but I'm, I'm just thinking, like, I had Zach Laybutt in my team because I was very keen on him, and but now I've moved off Zach Laybutt to go up to Valentine Holmes. So that position in my side is... I've put that aside for I've got Bronson Cherry and then Cheapies. Mm. So well, I don't think if you didn't start with Taylor May, I don't think the world's not going to miss out on. I like him much, much better on the wing. If he was named on the wing to start yeah, round sure. one, he's in my more side. Fin- more easy to finish. Yeah, he's he, in my side 100 percent if he's on the wing. But just in well, he was almost as good as bloody Brian Toto on the wing. That's yeah, only well, his well, first that, year, so that's why Brian Toto is on the right wing currently because. He come in and he was such a good left winger. Yeah, so I, I'm still I still think he can get that pretty comfortably. I like it. I'm fine with it. I, I feel like he's a fifty sixty point player at least. That's uh, he's at least at least fifty fifty five, which is still good yeah. value. So yeah, that's definitely one to um, to pretty much lock into your side, especially considering how grim it is. Um, anyone anyone else you've got there in the mid-range kind of section? Jesse Arthurs, who I was really keen on just in the, my mind, just at the price. The price looked right. I was like, oh, 376, that's mad. 17% owned. I think it's the draw that's kind of put me off. But, look, he's got a um, 33.5 game average last year over 26 games on the wing. So I thought that was pretty bad. Oh. Um Oh, that's over tw- that's over twenty six games in his career. Sorry, that thirty three point five. Yeah, right. Last year was thirty six point eight average last season. It's mm. only a little bit of a jump there. Um, so there's there's no discount based on what he's produced last year. Yeah, it's just uh, I think he plays actually. So Corey Oates looks set to start, 
and Corriott should be on the left wing. Cobo's moving into centre. Jesse Arthurs should get that right wing spot, which is Adam, Re- Adam Reynolds. Gar- and Re- Dane Merrin or something he's competing Yeah, with. but Jesse Arthurs should get that position, which Reese Walsh and Adam Reynolds love to go to. So I think there is a bit of value just based on... I've got his bad scores that, like last year in games over 70 minutes are pretty like bad, like 12 against the Panthers, 19 against the Dragons, 24 against the Panthers in his second game against them, 28 v the Wars, 29 v the Dogs, 4 v the Bunnies. That's like in a 70-minute game. <laughs> 25 v the Storm. There's seven scores over 45. Yeah, it's it's... It's grim, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was going to be one of the guys. I was like, yeah, he'd probably be my third or fourth centre winger. I'd probably play him just based on the fact that he's in a good side and I thought some tries will come. But when I cooked a bit into those averages, it put me off. And then his first six games are the Roosters, the Bunnies, the Panthers, Cows, Storm, and then Finns. Like, they're all going to be pretty game, tough yeah. games, yeah. So I'm thinking there's... There might be a potential where I just start without him and then wait till he starts going well. But there's just not that many options where I'm like, if I'm going to leave him out, who's the guy that I'm now going to give a go to? So he's still in my side at this point, but I'm just not very hopeful. I'm looking down this list even more, and I think every option, like we've we've spoken about the top 10 Jack Bostock I think there was confirmation as much as you could get that he's going to start on the left wing so 314,000 I think he's someone you probably got to start with if he gets named especially considering how grim the cheapy range is uh these Canberra guys so if Xavier Savage Ethan Strange and Chevy Stewart all get named mm. round 1 Seb Chris is uh, suspended for round one. Are you going to go them all? Um, I think if I get the vibe that one of them is probably going to be replaced and more obvious which one that'll be, I get the vibe that maybe Xavier Savage might be the guy that misses out. I don't know. I, I can't. He was the guy I've just had next to my list. If he does start, I'm really keen on him, like super, super keen. At fullback... Um, he's got a 58.7 average in 15 games. That's massive, like nearly a 60-point average for a 350K um, player. Um, I, I do think from what I've – the vibe I'm getting from other people's teams list that they've put up is probably Chevy Stewart's going to get the start. And I did look at Chevy Stewart's highlights and fuck me. He's good. He looks mad, bro. Yeah. He's got everything in his game. He's like a little – he's not skinny like some of these guys that sort of – he's not stocky yeah. fuck, but he's not that really bonesy guy. Yeah. He looks real good, bro. Like he tackled bus close to the line. He's got passes. He's just elusive. I actually think he's the reason um, Xavier Savage didn't play fullback last year when he came back. Like in reserve grade, Xavier Savage – He was playing on the wing, eh? He was playing on the wing while Chevy Stewart played fullback. So I think what Canberra are doing are right. Like if they see Chevy Stewart as the guy long-term, like 100% invest into him. He looks really – like just the attributes he's got, it might not translate as easily to – and I real like to tackle bus all that sort of shit. But he he knows what he's doing. Like he doesn't look like he's just got a couple of tricks that he does, and he just looks like he knows footy inside out. Like. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, if he doesn't start, um, if he starts 
for NRL in round one for Canberra, then expect it to be a slow burn because I think the reason he hasn't debuted already is because he played in the New South Wales under-19s game and didn't quite perform. Um Whereas, like, all these other different options stood out. Yeah, I didn't actually... Was he in that New South Wales? I didn't notice him. What Did he play fullback that game? He played fullback, yeah. So he he didn't perform. So I think that it might have scared Ricky off just being like, oh, we'll just give him another year in reserve grade and let let him come in next year. Um, I think he's going to be a slow burn. uh, But I think that's the risk you're willing to kind of take because at least if he falls over for a try... Mm. Like that's, I th- I think we can't be picky with our cheapies this year. It's not as, um, not as good as it was last year. Last year it was a great year for cheapies. Like we we had so many to start off the year. So I I really think, yeah, this year. Is there any others? Like well, of ex- of um, Ethan Strange. Pretty sure he's forty six percent owned. I'm pretty sure I'm going to start with him. I think he really stood out for me in that State of Origin game last year, along with all the other Ethans. But um, Jed Jed Cartwright is pretty highly owned as well. Yeah, I've got him in there temporarily too, and it's not based on anything other than the fact that he's a dual. I just want to have one centre wing, second row dual that can help me out. So. Yeah, it, it, I think that's going to be a really, really like a, a really plotter guy that's probably not going to yeah. generate much for us. I'll be super stoked to be wrong on it because then he'll be generating me cash. But I think he's going to be coming off the bench and scoring a lot of twenties. Yeah, I think people are just plugging them into their side, hoping someone gets named round one. Ethan Strange, hopefully he does get named. There's Harley Smith Shields. I don't see him. Moving into a starting position at the yeah, time, especially him as someone I'm keen on. But, but um, Bronson Jerry. We oh, we haven't him? talked about him. Yeah, yep. so I've heard a lot of people just all on Twitter and stuff. It's all those negative Nancy's like, ah, oh, that he doesn't have steroids in him; he'll be useless, you know, and stuff like that. Well, he's not going to be any good. I don't know, but he's he's got a fifty six average at centre when he that year he played. I think it was two thousand nine. He debuted that year. Yeah, and that was that's that's solid as hell. Um, I feel like if anyone's got redemption in them, you know, we talk about like Dylan Brown missed you know a handful of games last year or oh, half a season. Yeah. This bloke's had half his or at least one third of his career sort of taken away whether it was his own doing or whatever but this is someone that's going to want to you know find some sort of redemption and for sure for just sure for footy to prove he's a good footy player th- play some footy i think can, if it was last year when we where we had a lot more options at the price it'd be okay to kind of leave him and see how he goes but i think we don't have much options this year i'm pretty happy to start with him and pretty yeah. happy to play him hey I'd me too i think he's big enough and he's not like a youngster that's going to get dominated yeah um i'm really excited to i don't expect him to light it up but i i think he's going to be safer than some of the winger options for that sure that will score 20s if they don't score tries for sure um there is one more here ben Trebojevic, 277 i've seen a lot of talk about him now that schuster is in doubt for round one Schuster's only in doubt for round one. Could yeah. be back quite earlier. Uh, like he's got Feels two weeks. a we- little trappy. He's got two weeks between round or round zero and round two. So I wouldn't go there. And what was it? Chicken pox and a broken finger. There things. And that also don't- a quad issue. Oh, okay. Um, but the fact that he's got that, I also think Corey Waddell gets a spot over Ben Trebojevic anyway. So um, 
Yeah, I think that it's all team list dependent. Uh, I think we've mm. got to have these conversations again. Could once. be annoying, hey. Like if you did start with him and then he lost his spot, and then he's just sitting there. How long you you you're sitting there going? When's Berber going to get his spot? Again? Oh, isn't that like the story every yeah. year? Um, there's also Tommy Talao who was in my side for a while. Yeah, I've got him um, down here too. Hey, I've had him in my side, but I don't think he's going to start. He's not going to start. No. <laughs> so th- th- there's a. L- Do you think so? I think t- Tommy Talao will be a good option once he does get a yeah, start. Sure. He's just got too many like back, there's too many backs. Uh, do, you, put, like, do you think we have to piss off our premium second row and pretty much get another guaranteed starter in our centre wing? What two guaranteed? Well, well even like a two like primos. S- yeah, start with a Valentine Holmes and then go, you know, a Hammer or. As well as maybe a tail and May mid price, yeah. Just just so or, you're not relying on all these cheapies, because mm. even if they do do well, there, there's no no saying that any of these guys maybe, don't get dropped around three. Maybe if you've turned that premium, like for me, it's Eli Katoa. Turn him into a 400k guy. That's freeing up to yeah. But that, then it's like trying to turn one of these 200k's. It's really he'd almost. I'd have to turn that Eli Katoa guy into a. Bottom dollar, t- nearly two to three hundred k. Yeah, but your whole second row is stacked with four hundred k options. Then I'm happy enough to give a go and play. To be fair, yeah, yeah, I think it's okay to go to like a like there is Keenan Palacia three hundred sixty five. Yeah, you could do him. Um, I wouldn't be against that. Um, yeah, so I don't have like Talis Duncan or anything. Like if he does get a start, I, I don't yeah. know that he will. Well, that's a, that's a nice one for you to downgrade to, but like. I'm looking at all these. Uh, not, the centre wing is so dull this year. Yeah, like there's some like Sewer Falongos, twenty percent owned. I think this is probably, a position. He's going to probably come off the bench or not even start. I, I think he could come off the bench and play ten to fifteen minutes to spell Pappy in the opening yeah. rounds. But you'd think that Pappy's going to be an eighty minute player, and I can't see them having a bench spot for him. How about this? Valentine Holmes and Karaz and Taylor May. Do you like that a lot more than starting with a Cameron Murray, a um, Cameron Murray? <laughs> well, yeah, I've got, oh, at the moment I've got Eli Katoa and then all four hundred K guys in my second row. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think that that the balance is a bit off there. I was kind of not wanting to miss out on any of those mid guys, and not I think maybe getting a little bit lazy and not wanting to. Separate the better ones from the the worst ones. So if I can just, you know, do that and get rid of maybe the one that I think might not be as, yeah. I think there's there's a, the balance needs to be shifted in both our sides a bit from where we're For at. For sure, I think everybody needs to look at their centre wing and have a good hard look because, I mean, a lot of these guys are going to get named, not going to get named in round one, and there's also this round zero where you might be relying on a cheapie to get named and they don't get named and it could screw you completely. Yeah, it so might be very hard to change things It might around. be hard to navigate and you you could be gone from round one and you could be trying to chase your tail for and five weeks. And it would weeks. suck to like have a pretty good week, like all your other guys are going pretty well, but it's your centre wing that you've had four guys yep. score you sub 30 that's really undone you. I think I'm quite keen on getting Marju um, after this conversation and... I'm keen on stacking up the centre wing. A lot of people are starting with Ponga as well. Ponga, Drinkwater, Turbo. 
I think these lower price guys like Jaden Campbell, Latrell Mitchell. How much lower is Latrell Mitchell? Latrell's seven eighty nine, so he's a hundred k cheaper. Okay, but yeah. if it allows you to get a Marju in, then I think it's fair play. But um, yeah, that's a bit of a tricky one to unpack. And I'm sorry if we haven't given you a lot of clarity today because. Oh, it's a very a lot hazy. Of us, a lot of us don't know what's what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Anything else to add? No, I think we've covered everyone without going overly in depth in a lot of these guys. It's a bit hard to without much well, games under their yeah, belt, etc. Like, uh, just in the centre wing position, if a cheapie's named, yeah, get him. But it's also are you leaving a lot of points on the board where? where there's all these value options available in the second row, are you missing out on like, like if you haven't got a Sewell Wong in your side, are you better off getting him in for your premium option to make sure your centre wing isn't screwed? Like I think that's the way to go this year. And I think we've neglected uh, targeting a premium centre wing this season because I, I haven't seen anyone with premium centre wings. I think I'm going to start with Jake, Jacob Graz. Yeah, I'm not really much closer to knowing, like, obviously, which of the cheapies I'm going to go with until, obviously, TLT probably will make that a lot easier. But I'm pretty sure I'm going with Taylor May as my second guy, and I am going to get one guy that's more expensive and more likely to put up some big scores. And I think that will probably be Marju or Val Holmes. I can't really decide. I have to want to have a closer look into draws, um, to probably split them, I think. Sean Bloor. Marju excites me more, though, I think. Because I didn't have him last year at all. I let him go, hoping that he would have that defensive issues and get dropped, and it didn't wor- work out for me. So I think I'd like to probably get a bit of that that I missed last year. So I've even I've downgraded Cameron Murray. I can't even afford Jacob Graz. Like, it's grim. It's yeah, grim. It's hard lads. to it's grim. All right, um, cheers for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow for On The Burst for our NRL show. And then Mikey and Jake will see you on Thursday with their Supercoach show where they go over the center wings as well. So hopefully you listen to our podcast on the center wings and then maybe they can bring another point of view and then there could be a bit more clarity. But I'm honestly not thinking so because I think it's just